Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, yes, a great, fantastic Monday afternoon, a special edition of Believe in Pro Wrestling Live. And believe me when I tell you, I am so happy to be with you guys right here, right now in this moment. I won't get into details, but damn, it's good to be on the air with y'all. SP3, how you doing after a, a long and hopefully nice Mother's Day weekend for you and the family? Yes, yes, my... uh my partner, she had a nice Mother's Day. She got showered with love and admiration from myself and the twins. Uh, I hope I hope your missus had a great Mother's Day. Your mom, everybody, every woman in your life that's a mother had a great Mother's Day. And everyone watching us today on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast, all the mothers, all the people with moms, and you know, here or somewhere else above, doesn't matter. Show all your love to the mothers out there who are, are believing in pro wrestling like us, like us, and believing in being grateful that Rick Eugino is here with us. <laughs> I'll say this much, man, because there there is a pretty good chance, right? It was Mother's Day weekend. There was a show here in Cincinnati where I live. If for those of you who are tuning in who don't know where I'm I'm from, judging by the stuff I wear every week, you should know. But uh, you know, like there was an impact show here in Northern Kentucky, Cincinnati. And I have people like, are you going to this? Are you going to this? I'm like, it's mother's day weekend. I'm lucky. I'm going to get to watch WrestleMania backlash on Sunday night. I ain't spending Saturday night going to an impact show. I'm not, I'd love, I would love to have been there, but I, I ain't doing that. I spent a day with my missus instead doing some other fun stuff. You know? That's, that's great. I just wanted to say one thing, uh, spoiler alert. Impact had the better show. Oh, well, yeah. We'll dive into <laughs> all of that, uh, you know, because we are going to talk about WrestleMania Backlash. There is a good chance maybe you missed last night's pay-per-view. Maybe you were off doing some Mother's Day festivities. Well, we, we got you covered here. We're going to break it all down for you. And the fact that we have a new SmackDown Women's Champion, and SB3 is very happy about that. And, hey, frankly, whether you like the build or not, the ladies flat out delivered last night. I don't care what you have to say but that seems to be the theme from coming out of last night is i don't care about the build or well you could say this about the build or you could say, bottom line last night was a good show that shined a bright light on wwe's biggest issue going today and we will talk about that cody rhodes and seth rollins too did it surpass the first we'll dive into that and as we have talked about ad nauseum and as we have heard reports about Rhea Ripley did, in fact, join up with Judgment Day this past weekend. She will now be alongside Edge and Damian Priest. That's a good thing, right? Right? Yes. Oh, the, the old internet there, man, is uh, firing it up again last night. The internet of negativity known as Twitter firing it up. We'll dive into that. What's going on, noob? Thank you for joining us. And yes, good afternoon to you as well. And thank you to everybody joining us here in the chat. We're going to dive into all of that. But first things first, got to thank our wonderful partners over at Bet Online. Without them, we would not be here right now. They are the continued 
number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest developments, including updated odds on the NBA, NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Hey, if you want to bet on the Bengals to win the Super Bowl, you got pretty good odds right now because for some reason, Vegas doesn't believe in Joe Burrow. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. Super easy to get started. Go to the website, pick up your mobile phone, go to the app, download, and use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 50%, I said. That code again, B-L-E-A-V. Bet Online, where the game starts and sp3 we will start what's going on queen thank you for joining us here as always uh we will be starting with last night's wrestlemania backlash pay-per-view which was solid top to bottom solid like even the matches that you we really didn't care a whole lot about and won't spend a whole lot of time talking about were good like at the end of the day they were good matches there wasn't anything that i could sit there and go oh my god this is atrocious get this off my television screen but again, it it shines the light on the biggest issue. And maybe you'll disagree with me on that. That makes one of us because anytime uh, Omos had to sell, I was like, get this off my screen. <laughs> that's fair. Okay, that that's that's fair enough. But I did think that their match was better than the one that they had at, at WrestleMania, which was another theme of last night's show. A lot of these matches, even if you don't believe it, you can make the argument that in some ways they were better than the ones that happened at WrestleMania. So the performers came out. The performers came out. The talent came out. They put on a good show that did not have a whole lot of pub, that did not have a whole lot of excitement, that a lot of people I saw on Twitter last night flat out saying that they were going to skip. And why is that? It's because, and we've talked about this over and over and over and over again, the buildup to these matches in a lot of cases was not very good. All right, outside of like Rollins and Rhodes and Edge and, and Damian, or excuse me, Edge and uh, AJ Styles, there weren't a whole lot of builds to me that were like, oh, this is really, really good. I can't wait to see this go down. And especially a lot of my excitement got cut out when they decided to take out the, the tag team title match and replace it with the six man tag in the main event, even though that match was absolutely fire last night and a really, really fun, what should have been go home show match, setting up other matches on this card. That's the biggest issue for WWE. It's getting from point A to point B. The points, more often than not, deliver. It's that middle ground that WWE, just for whatever reason, whether it's lack of trying or lack of knowledge of how to do it, just can't seem to put together cohesive shows to keep people invested and make people want to watch a show like what happened last night. Because those people who didn't tune in, they missed a good show last night. Yeah, I would say it was a good show overall. I, I think the best way I've been able to describe it, I did a review earlier today, and I said it was a surprisingly solid filler show. That's the best compliment I can give this show because the matches, they were they were good overall. They had an excellent opener with Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. You had a great main event six-man tag that was part PWG style, part house show style. You had a, a surprisingly tremendous I quit match with Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. Not surprising that neither, you know, either woman had a great match because they're definitely capable of that. But based on the build, the crowd was very much invested into the outcome, into both women. So it overall gave you that great feeling. And then 
Edge and AJ Styles, I would say legitimately outside of Ronda and Charlotte, that's the match that for me exceeded what they did at WrestleMania. And like I said, I could have done without Omos versus Bobby Lashley again. <laughs> Honestly, I, I didn't think that was as good as as WrestleMania. Uh, Mad Cat Moss and and Happy Corbin. I'm sure people were getting were at the concession stand during that matchup. But uh, it, four out of four out of four to six matches being good to great. That's actually a great average for WWE, and that I think that this show overall was better than night two of WrestleMania, and that says a lot right there. But yeah, I think you are absolutely right. It shined the biggest flaw is that they made us all believe that this was a filler show and that this didn't matter, and especially with the outcome to that great main event six-man tag, it gave you overall the feeling, did any of this even matter? Yeah, and there there are a lot of cases because you if you run down the card from last night, right? How many feuds are done? <laughs> I love the interference. How how many how many of these feuds are done? You got Cody and Seth. Look like they're going to be going for round three now. Uh, thankfully, thankfully Cody avoided fifty fifty booking, but they still set up last last night in a way that is going to have these guys do a third match. That's coming. Corbin and Moss. Not even close uh, to being done with one another. Doesn't look like Lashley's done with MVP, and by proxy, doesn't look like he's going to be done with Omos either. R- Roman Reigns, we'll talk about him coming up here in a minute, but he's got several feuds going on with the same people that he was involved with last night, plus one more. So it's like, what really ended at WrestleMania Backlash last night? One feud, one. And that's because one of the superstars is taking time off, and we'll get into that as well. But here's the other argument to be made, right? We, we've talked before here about casual fans, whether or not they actually exist. And, you know, you look at the Internet and they feel one way about WWE and you look at the shows, the live crowds, they feel a completely different way. Case in point is Ronda Rousey. If you read everything online and the IWC, they have been very, very flat on Ronda Rousey. But what has happened week in and week out? She keeps getting these big, massive baby face pops at all of these shows, and they're enjoying what they were doing. And that crowd last night in Providence, Rhode Island, was hella into that I quit match. But if you look on the, the, the Internet, it's a completely different vibe. So you could make the argument that, hell, what WWE is doing is working because their live crowds are into things that the hardcore audience is not. So I guess maybe their biggest issue is finding that balance, is appeasing your hardcore audience while also appeasing the casual fans. That may be their biggest issue of what they're not good at. Yeah, I think they're not good of going for the hardcore fans. But at the end of the day, those hardcore fans ain't buying a ticket to be in the building because I'm I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I've said this in multiple different platforms. Regardless of what you think about this Ronda Rousey-Charlotte Flair feud, Ronda Rousey is gets one of the biggest babyface pops on every single SmackDown. She got it on this show. She wasn't the biggest babyface pop. We'll talk about Randy Orton and the the reaction he got on this show is just like, are we really going with Drew and Roman? Because I think people are more into to Orton and Roman at this point. But we'll get into that. But yeah, it's it, WWE is catering to the people that are buying the ticket, that are paying the money to be there, and they. When it's a major show, more often than not, they deliver a really good show. I But I think that this year, it hasn't always been that consistent. Like the Royal Rumble, I think everyone will agree, disappoint. Yes. I, would think, I would think that, you know, 
elimination chamber wasn't wasn't bad but that also had a very deflating end with brock lesnar just running through the whole entire roster to give us the match we all know we were going to get but anyway. Yeah, that was coming anyway. And then WrestleMania was a show of two halves. They, night one was one of the best WrestleManias they've ever had. And night two was more of catering to Visek Man more than it was catering to anyone in the audience, hardcore or casual. So yeah. this one, I think, I think that the reason why people are very positive coming out of this show is that WWE in the buildup, made you feel like this was a filler show, made you feel like it didn't matter. And a lot of people, I heard a lot of people that also said after watching the main event, did it really matter? And I was, and I had to go give them the, the Pete Dunn answer. Like, <laughs> no, not really. It didn't really matter because Cody and Seth is going to continue. Omos and Lashley is going to continue. Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin is going to continue. Charlotte and Rhonda. For for all the positives that we just said about that, it makes it more confusing coming out of this and knowing that Charlotte is not going to be around. Why you did the fifty fifty booking and had her had Ronda lose at WrestleMania? You should have you sh the one change you should have done is not put Ronda and Charlotte on night one, put that on night two, and have Ronda win there, and then this win would feel like you really have built her up as the yeah. new top baby face on SmackDown is this feels like this is like the ch first chapter or really it's like the second or third chapter of this story. And we still haven't closed the book quite yet. We're just closing it for now for, now. Char for yes. Charlotte being away for a while. And yeah. then yeah, everything else, everything else pretty much is continuing. And the one view that feels like it's really worthy of going into the next, next bump, Hell in a Cell with a Hell in a Cell match is Edge and AJ Styles. And I, I, I'm surprised myself by saying that because I did not expect <laughs> that coming out of this show. But it, that's the only feud to me that feels worthy of the stipulation. Yeah, and we will uh, get into all of that coming up here in the five count. We do appreciate everybody who is tuning in right now. Get your comments in. Get your questions in. Uh, let us know what you think about the the show last night. Uh, Noob saying the I Quit match is insane, but uh, Charlotte Flair just had to pick violence on Mother's Day of all days. No, WWE picked violence because they're the ones who booked this. That was just a brilliant line from Charlotte Flair last night and playing into the whole I'm a mom now story arc that that uh, Rhonda has been conveying out on uh, on TV. That was just sheer brilliance on her part. And, you know, give Charlotte Flair credit because she still gets nuclear heat for most of these live crowds. And she knows how to annoy people and how to piss people off and how to get them to boo them, which is another reason why people have been uh, cheering Ronda Rousey as loud as they are. So she has played her role well, even though the IWC will have you believe uh, that this feud has been very, very flat. And for a lot of analysts and people who watch wrestling on a regular day basis, many of them feel the same way. I was not as enthralled with this build as I was with others, but we're here now. Ronda's the champ. We'll talk about that. But there was one person prior to, right? Prior to the event that had people talking, and that was the reigning undisputed undefeated universal wwe champion whatever the hell you want to call him i, I don't even know how to uh, what they're calling that damn belt right now but roman reigns made headlines this week when he was at a show in trenton and started talking about how he didn't know if he was ever going to be back in trenton which it's new jersey i don't blame him uh i'm kidding i'm kidding for our new jersey listeners but am i i don't know i've never stepped foot in jersey that's more since territory uh but anywho 
So Roman Reigns is cutting this promo like he's never going to be back in Jersey again. And he's entering a new phase in his career. And it's just like, I'm sorry, excuse me, what now? Of course, that sent everybody a buzz. And it turns out that he has signed a new deal with WWE. It's just that he's going to be working less house shows. WWE doesn't go to Raw or SmackDown in Trenton, New Jersey very, very often. So he may, in fact, not be going back to Trenton, New Jersey. But that scare was exactly that. That had people going, oh, what the hell is WWE going to do if Roman Reigns ain't around anymore? Luckily, he has signed a new deal. But man, the level of freakout, again, that we saw online and elsewhere, that's got to put some pressure on WWE to focus on life after Roman Reigns, does it not? Um, I would think so, because you should, I mean, I feel like they have the right pieces. Like we talked about this after WrestleMania, like there was a few guys who we could see that really deserved and needed the victory over Roman Reigns to end this long run. And, you know, Cody Rhodes is like at the top of the list, but when you really think about it, Cody Rhodes is 36 years old and he's a guy that has publicly said on multiple occasions, he's not going to wrestle past the age of 40. So he's not, he, he's not the type of guy that, you know, we usually see WWE when they decide to call someone up and they're 39 years old, they're still going to be here for like six, seven years. Yeah. When you really think about it. No, he, Cody, told Stone, he told Stone Cold that the prime of wrestling career is 34 to 40. 41. And that's truth. That's truth right it now. Is. Unless your name is Bobby Lashley and you're still in your prime at 45. It is. It is for, for most of them. So yeah, he's probably not the long-term guy that really would get the most out of ending this long run. And then we talked about guys like, you know, Braun Breaker, who's still, you know, doing a, a very good job over on NXT. You got Gable Steveson, who we really don't know what he's going to be when he's in wrestling. So you have those two guys are either one of those guys ready like now or going to be ready in the next year to defeat Roman Reigns? So you're at a point where, yeah, this Roman Reigns run is going to go like a thousand days and you really don't, you're really not prepared for life after Roman Reigns because you have positioned him so above everyone else and you've used the, the stars of the last generation to prop him up all yeah. this time for the last seven years, whether it's Brock Lesnar, whether it's The Undertaker, whether it's John Cena, Goldberg, like you've used all these guys, you've exhausted all these guys to prop up Roman Reigns to the point that the big money matchup is him versus a 50 year old rock. Like that's where you're at because you have not built up anyone to be on the same level as Roman, except for the all these part time stars that are only here yeah. for a short amount of time. So it's time to wake up and realize that your hottest time was the attitude era when i could name and run off seven to eight guys that were all on the same level that all competed in the main event you need to get back to that type of mentality with if you if you know that roman reigns is cutting down on his dates and eventually preparing for life after wwe and i think there are signs that they're, they're starting that process so right like they're thinking two to three years down the line where guys like a Braun Breaker, where guys like Theory, okay, guys like Riddle uh, could be to the point where maybe a guy like Gunther uh, with the presentation that they've had with him, they obviously got something invested in him. Those You can look up and down the roster and see the guys, right, that they want to be in the main event two or three years down the line to supplant the likes of uh, Seth Rollins if you know he, he cuts down on his time. Roman Reigns, when he makes his transition into Hollywood, 
when they can't call on John Cena or any of these older guys anymore to fill. You can point on the guys on the roster who they have pegged to be their future. Vince McMahon calling Austin Theory a future world champion was not accidental, folks. All right, that means something. You may not like any of these guys. They may not be the ones that you think that they should push. But the fact is they have the people pegged to do it. So they're focusing on it now and building toward the future, which I like. All right. But the problem is, God forbid, if Roman has to take time away for literally anything within the next 18 months, you got some major major issues. The one good thing they got going on with Roman Reigns right now, for at least the time being, they have several options, right? Several viable options. Maybe several is a strong word. A few. A few viable options to actually be his next challenger for the WWE Universal Championship. So, let's dive into this, shall we? It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. Alright, so they didn't feel like WrestleMania Backlash was a big enough premium live event, according to reports, to have Roman Reigns defend his WWE Universal Championship. So, assuming this match is going to happen at the next pay-per-view, Hell in a Cell, I will ask a very simple question that we have asked before, SP3. Fill in the blank. The next challenger for Roman Reigns should be blank. Well, uh, I, you know, when he first said it, I didn't agree, and I think we were both in agreement that Drew McIntyre needed to be the next challenger because he picked up the big win at WrestleMania 38. Then they inconspicuously gave him a month feud with Sami Zayn running away from him. But it still seemed like Drew McIntyre fit the bill to be that first challenger for Roman Reigns. But after watching that six-man tag match, which once again I want to say was a great match, everyone in it looked strong. Riddle worked his butt off throughout that yeah. one. The Usos were on the money and in top form. Drew and Roman's face-offs got the crowd excited, but the crowd was even more excited, was even more jacked for Randall Keith Orton. So I have to give credit to Dutch Mantel because he called this a month ago, saying that Orton is hot right now. Orton feels like a very popular babyface. The fans are behind him thanks to this RK Bro angle and this tag team. He's probably the guy to go with at this point now. It seems like Randy Orton and Roman Reigns are your two biggest stars. Randy Orton is the top babyface right now. R Roman Reigns is your top heel, and that's the match to go to. It's a match that we've seen before, but we've never seen this Randy Orton versus this Roman Reigns. It just feels fresh. It feels new, and it feels like something that the fans can get behind. And it's something that even though it's, it's like a first time in a while these two have gone at it, I wouldn't complain about this being inside Hell in a Cell for the Undisputed U uh, Universal Championship because you can go in with the story that Randy Orton is the the active guy with the most wins inside Hell in a Cell. He's beaten he's beaten John Cena, he's beaten Drew McIntyre, he's been in there with with the likes of you know the Undertaker and whatnot inside Hell in a Cell. So he's a guy that. You could throw in Hell in a Cell with Roman Reigns, and some people would believe Orton can beat Reigns. I don't hate it at all. And honestly, I think there are there are three answers to this question. And I both, and we've talked about this before, we both want the SummerSlam match, right, to be Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes for the WWE Universal Championship. And the fact that they had Cody Rhodes 
cut a semi-confusing promo last night, or at least the promo package about money in the bank and using that to main event WrestleMania. I, I, I don't know what exactly they were going for there, but we all know in the long run, we want Cody Rhodes to be the guy who unseats Roman Reigns. I just don't think the timing of everything is going to work out to the point that we want it to. We all want Cody to win at SummerSlam. I don't think that's going to be the time because I think if you look at it, Nashville, home of Drew McIntyre, that's where SummerSlam is. A month later, they're in Cardiff in Wales. Big UK stadium show. First one since SummerSlam 92. All right. Drew McIntyre has been leading the charge for that stadium show. He has been on every interview and he does a trillion of them. You can still check out the one he did with me a few days ago here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast YouTube channel. Uh, that's still up right now. He does a ton of them. He has been talking about UK stadium tours since COVID had started, since before then. He's been the poster boy for this. He's getting a big match. Okay. We could get, honestly, Drew McIntyre won at Summer, Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns won at SummerSlam, and then Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns two in Cardiff. And they could put the belt on him. They could. I don't know if they will, but they conceivably could. And it wouldn't be a bad choice, if I, to be completely honest with you. If Think of the moment that they have a chance to create there if Roman screws over Drew at SummerSlam, and then he goes to the UK and wins that championship in front of a raucous UK crowd in Cardiff. That's a great moment that they could create there, and that would be a big spot where Drew could claim the title and beat Roman for the first time since TLC 2019. Pin him anyway. Pin Roman Reigns for the first time since TLC 2019. I have a feeling win, lose, or draw, that's where they're going with Drew. So he's, you have time, all right? You have time to space that out, and you can get to that point. So it comes down to, does it make sense to do Randy Orton right now, or does it make sense to do Shinsuke Nakamura, who this past weekend on SmackDown said, I ain't done with you yet, Roman. From a strict timing standpoint, I'm going with Nakamura. I'm going with Nakamura to go ahead and get this match out of the way at Hell in a Cell. Go ahead and get it out of the way because I love Shinsuke. You love Shinsuke. We all love Shinsuke Nakamura. We all want him to, to, to be better and, and get these the, this monster push, but it's never it's not going to happen, guys. It's just not. He's going to be a top mid-card guy because, unfortunately, that's all WWE sees in him. But we can still enjoy him. He can still put on banger matches. And this match with Roman Reigns is not going to be bad, but he's going to lose, right? So go ahead and get this out of the way. And in that time, set it up to where RK Bro can drop the Raw Tag Team titles because I don't want the Raw Tag Team titles to be tied up in a feud for the WWE Universal Championship matchup. I would rather you drop those belts to, I don't know, maybe Damian Priest and, and Edge or Damian Priest and another member of uh, of Judgment Day who we'll talk about coming up here soon. I'm just spitballing here, but you can get the titles off of RK Bro to set up Orton and Reigns for maybe money in the bank. So you can do Nakamura first, then set up Orton and Roman, and then you can move into the program with Orton, or excuse me, with Roman and, and Drew McIntyre because those are your three options. And then long-term, maybe you can get to Cody down the road if Roman is still the champion, or you could go Cody and Drew, turn Drew heel, something along those lines. Long end game, it's got to be Cody who wins the belt in some way, shape, or form. That's why he came back to the company. He's got to win it at some time. Still got Edge, who's an option as well, but I think you got to go with Shinsuke Nakamura on that one, just for the timing's sake of getting it out the way. Timing right now, by the way, Charlotte Flair is taking time off. so. Ronda Rousey's biggest rival is gone. She wins the belt, loses her biggest rival, and now it's okay. 
what next? We don't know how long Charlotte is going to be gone. If she's only going to be gone two or three weeks, according to the Wrestling Observer, she's going to get married. She's going to go on her honeymoon. So let's just say conservatively three weeks. Are you going to punt three weeks with Ronda Rousey as your SmackDown Women's Champion? I wouldn't put it past him, to be completely honest with you. But are you going to punt three weeks of creative storylines and then wait till Charlotte comes back? Or are you going to move on to something else? So the question is, what are you moving on to? Because your top stars on the women's division on SmackDown are mostly baby faces. And the top stars you got are baby faces who are your tag team champions. So who are you moving on to here? Well, um, one, they never said three, just three weeks. Uh, she's getting married. She says she's getting married this summer. This summer is like that. that it, the earliest would be June. So she's going to That was an estimation I, on my point. That was an yeah, estimation. Yeah, yeah. She, she's, she's gone for at least a month or so because it, we don't know when she's getting married. So I think they're going to move on to someone new. And that someone new is, yes. WWE spent five weeks. <laughs> I knew you were gonna go here, telling us an emotional story about a woman who has dealt with, you know, family members with addiction and her father being trash, and <laughs> all for it to be set up on the final week, where it heard for the ring announcer to say, "Lacey Evans demands you get yes. up on your feet and cheer for her to present her as a heel again." We are getting Lacey Evans versus Ronda Rousey, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, man, that's exactly where they're going. They completely, completely swerved us. Like, unless Bailey is coming back this Friday, and because like, I know there are people who are like, why didn't we get Bailey last night? And Bailey woke up this morning and was like, don't you idiots know how injuries work? I'm not ready to come back, even though Dave Meltzer says she is ready to come back. So, uh, Look, they all work. We don't know when Bailey's going to come back. There's going to be smoke. There's going to be mirrors. There's going to be clouds surrounding it until she actually shows up, just the same as as Becky Lynch. So Bailey is continuing to put off her little her her tweets and character tweets and everything to throw people off the scent. Uh, so you know they don't pinpoint exactly when she's going to come back. I think Bailey versus Ronda Rousey would be a hell of a way to go if that's what you're going to do next. But that's a matchup for SummerSlam. That's that's a matchup for money in the bank. If that's I firmly do. disagree with that. That would be a bad move because I know in WWE's mind this would be Bailey returning as a heel, but they should have learned their lesson from Seth Rollins in 2016. It doesn't matter how big of a heel the person was when they got injured. When they come back after a month, when they come back after a year. They're going to get the baby yes. face pop. And especially if if the show is in Chicago for Hell in a Cell or Lion Stadium with a whole bunch of casual fans, Bailey's going to get cheered like a baby face. And that's the wrong move for Ronda Rousey right now. Ronda Rousey should be going against a heel. If there's anybody who's going to come back and I, and I trust enough to get heel heat against Ronda Rousey, it would be Alexa Bliss, honestly, at this point. Yeah. I know Alexa might be scared to be in the ring with Ronda Rousey again due to what happened in 2018. Yeah, but this is a different type of Alexa Bliss, especially if she's like the Fiend character, Alexa Bliss. I think that's a little bit enough of a difference that it can make the feud interesting. I think that she'd be able to, or if she's the old Alexa Bliss, I think that's even better because that would be the better character who would yeah. guarantee to get heat against Ronda Rousey. I think going 
one against Bailey. Yeah, it might be probably better matches, but no, because Ronda Rousey, you have her cheered. You've learned from your lesson from 2018. Ronda Rousey was one of your biggest baby faces then, and then you decided to put her against a better baby face in Becky yeah. Lynch. And that's what that's what turned the fans against her. It wasn't anything that Ronda did. It was your decision to put her against a better baby face. Don't do that again. Yeah, and I, I don't even think Alexa Bliss would do that because people, again, judging off the IWC, which is a, a different pulse than what we see in the live crowds, People want Alexa Bliss back, and she got the biggest pop of the night in an Elimination Chamber. Those fans were ecstatic for Alexa Bliss to see her back in wrestling again for the first time in months, and then they took her off TV, and she still ain't back yet. So I don't think Bayley or Alexa Bliss, from that standpoint, unless you're going to turn Ronda heel, which given how many baby faces you have on SmackDown might be the way to go, to be completely honest with you, but she's getting these massive pops. So WWE has an interesting decision here, and Queen, I... I your option here of Sasha trying to become two belts banks again. I don't like that just for the sheer fact that they're already, they're, they're kind of starting to focus on the tag team division there a little bit. I'm excited to see what they do with Dewdrop and Nikki ASH tonight after that tag team. You know, it, I don't want to take the same reason why I don't want Orton and Reigns right now with the raw tag team titles. I don't want Sasha or Naomi involved in the SmackDown women's championship scene because it's going to take a focus off of the tag team titles. And um, yes, put your damn put hat on. Hat on. And Natalia and Shayna Baszler are going to lose those titles. They're going to lose the title match on Friday. And yes, we all are. know the number one way that WWE books the women's tag team division on the main roster is that there can only be two tag teams at a time. And that's usually the two tag teams feuding over the titles. So once Natalia and Shayna Baszler lose, they should just break up because that's how it works. You got Dewdrop and a Nikki A.S.H. in the ready to fill in their spot. You have Shayna Baszler turn on Natalia. The following week, they do their one-on-one -on -one match, and she beats the crap. Shayna Baszler beats the crap out of Natalia, goes overboard, and it's Ronda Rousey who makes the save for her former her former trainee, or tries to talk some talk some sense into one of her best friends, Shayna Baszler, and Shayna Baszler turns on her, and you set up the most logical and the main view that makes sense for Ronda is Ronda versus one of her best friends, Shayna Baszler. See, this is why I hate the format of this show where I set things up and you answer because you completely stole my thunder. That's exactly where I was going to go is, yeah, you could do Lacey Evans. Okay, but here's the thing. I don't think Lacey Evans is getting a title shot to lose. Lacey Evans is going to be the next SmackDown Women's Champion. You can book it because they were going to put the belt on her before she got pregnant last time out. Remember that terrible, god-awful feud where she was uh, insinuating that she was banging Ric Flair? She was going to take the title off of what Asuka had it at the time. She was going to take the belt off of Asuka so she could feud and drop the belt to Charlotte Flair. That's what was going to happen before Lacey Evans had to go away because she got pregnant. Lacey Evans coming back as a heel, talking about I'm better, I'm not better than them, but they ain't better than me or whatever the hell her line has been for the last five weeks other than, okay, here it goes. Like, other than dropping the Coolio line, like, she all she's talked about is how her dad sucked and wanting to win the SmackDown Women's Championship. They ain't do that for no reason. She's winning the belt. So I look at what's a good feud for Ronda that makes a ton of sense, somebody that she's comfortable with, somebody that she can work with and put on a good feud and have good matches and still come out on top because 
they damn sure don't care about booking Shayna Baszler to win. Shayna Baszler. That that should be what's next for Ronda Rousey. Or they turn Zia Lee to versus, uh, versus Ronda Rousey. They turn Dirty Hill. Or or Vince, since Vince is turning people that would make more sense on the other side, Raquel Gonzalez. I'm sorry. This she is someone that should, should be a heel. Should like, be a heel. Like, she's gorgeous, but she's not the, the sexy Latina character that you're giving her, man. Like, she is a legit badass. She is the female version of Kevin Nash. That's why they call her Big Mommy Cool. Just book her that way. Don't give her this. Don't give us, don't give me the back muscle pose with a big ass grin on your face. No, that's not who Raquel Rodriguez is. But yeah, the answer to the question, uh, it, it should be Ron, uh, Shayna Baszler, excuse me. That's who should be next. I do think yeah. it might be Lacey Evans, but it could be Xylee as well. I don't know. Yeah, I only was wearing my Vince hat for the breaking up the tag team part. I wasn't wearing my Vince hat for that Shayna Baszler idea because they don't care about Shayna Baszler, honestly. Hey, she got her first win on Friday. She needed to cheat win. to win. She needed she to did, cheat to win, ladies and gentlemen. She needed to cheat to win, but that was her first one-on-one victory since November. And it was a roll-up. It was a roll-up, too. We couldn't even, <laughs> couldn't even let her get a real pin. Oh, God. Jesus. That's what I'm saying. They don't really care about Shayna Baszler. But when I, I put my Vince hat on correctly when I said Lacey Evans. Speaking of roll-up finishes, that's what we got to Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins last night. Handful of tights. From the American Nightmare to pick up the one, two, three turnabout's fair play on this one because that's what Rollins tried after a series of moves, including a pedigree. The closing sequence to this match was just absolutely spectacular. This is something I saw people arguing about on Twitter. SP3, I will ask you, did Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins two surpass their first matchup at WrestleMania? No. Easy. This is an easy uh, question for me. No, it did not. It was a great match. It can be a great match on its own. Sure. But to 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 say like oh this was the better match it's the wrestlemania match that was the better moment that's incorrect the moment elevated that match yes but that doesn't make it just the moment it was the match itself the psychology of of seth going after cody's ribs because he's had a few a few uh, like a few months out from the ring cody going after the arm the the moment with the flip flop and fly all the stuff that happened at WrestleMania made this match better because they told Fair. a different story with, with Seth now being more prepared, countering more of Cody's moves. I, I feel like the Cody-Seth match at WrestleMania is one of the WWE matches at the end of the year. I will go back and watch to really see where it ranks overall for WWE for the year. This was a great sequel to the match, but it didn't surpass the original. It was real close for me. I'm not going to sit here and say this is an easy question because I could be I could be swayed either way. The bottom line is both matches were spectacular. They both delivered in their own way. I did I did love how this match was put together and how this match was produced. So kudos to, to whomever did it. I know Sean Rossap put out the list, but I haven't Jamie seen Jamie Noble. Jamie, of course, because Jamie Noble is the best producer in WWE. And this Jamie Noble does all of Seth's matches. Yeah. So again, that's these two work well with one another. The story heading into the match does not often match what the match turns out to be, right? Like, that's why everybody, one of the, one of the biggest pan matches of all time was, was Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose, right? Because this, these two had a blood feud, and then they went out there and they just put on a, a technical wrestling match. The story didn't match what the story was leading up to it. This one did. 
because for weeks, Seth Rollins has said, look, the only reason you beat me is because I had no clue who the hell I was wrestling. So they set up this entire match like Cody had been, or excuse me, like Seth had been studying for the bar. Like he knew everything that Cody was going to do before he did it. And the only way that Cody could beat him this time around was to steal a page out of Rollins book and cheat to win, which is going to set up Cody versus Seth Rollins three, which will probably happen inside the hell in a cell, which means to me, they got to start picking up from where they left off last week. They got to do something because Cody has no, has no reason to give Seth a third match. So now Seth has to go above and beyond. And Sean Ross, have talked about this with us on the, uh, on the WrestleMania pre-show prediction show that we did. Um, he has to go above and beyond now and go personal. And I, I don't know if he has to keep, talking bad about his dad i don't know if he has to kidnap pharaoh i don't know what he's got to do <laughs> but he has got to piss cody Rhodes off to a point and they got to make this so damn personal that it makes sense to go into hell in a cell because i think that's what we're going to end up getting i don't think i you you could pick me on a different day i'll give you a different answer to this question i did like how this one was produced i like the story of it so i say by a nose by like you know high price nose whoever the hell it was who won the kentucky derby this past weekend I think I'd choose Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins too, but that's recency bias as well because I haven't rewatched that first one yet. So I'll go with Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes too at this moment, but I could change my mind on any given moment. One thing that we were anticipating last night, this is something that we both predicted. Somebody was going to show. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. That's good. That's good. Man. That's good. By the way, uh, Duke, I disagree with you. Because she does have a challenger, and it's somebody we're going to talk about right now. But one, uh, one thing that we uh, we were predicting was somebody was going to show up with Damian Priest barred from ringside. And actually, I believe it was you who mentioned it on the prediction show that just because he was barred from ringside doesn't mean he wasn't going to show up on the ramp. And that's exactly what he did. He showed up on the ramp. Finn Balor came out of nowhere and took him out. Oh, all things great. AJ Styles is fine. He's going to hit the phenomenal forearm or the four feet flash, whatever it is. He's going to win this damn match. He's going to beat Edge. Oh, nah. Who saw this one coming? Another person shows up, distracts AJ Styles. Seth Rollins locks in the, uh, or excuse me, Edge locks in the the, the cross face, uh, puts in the rear naked choke, chocks, knocks him unconscious. He wins the match. So Edge is 2-0 over AJ Styles. And then Hoodie comes off. It's Rhea Ripley. She has joined Judgment Day, standing next to Edge. And I'm going, good for her. This is a really, really good thing. It's going to be mean good things for both her and Damian Priest. And then again, man, I go on social media and it is just a sea of negativity because I know that this Edge character has not been for everybody. I'm I'm for it. I, I'd like him to stay away from the, the sports teams related digs because I don't think those will quite match up with what he's going for. But. I like this edge character. I like the potential of judgment day for me. This is a slam dunk, but there are some people out there who think this is going to be bad things for Rhea Ripley because they think all she's going to be doing is standing next to edge while he cuts his promos. I don't think that's going to be the case, but that is a concern moving forward. So I will ask you Rhea Ripley officially joins judgment day. This is a positive thing for her, isn't it? 100% it is. This automatically pushes her up to being the the potential top he female heel on raw like she would have been what second third fourth if she was still on the on the face side and even she, with internal her run sheet had her listed third behind alexa bliss who hasn't been on television since february exactly 
And if she would have stayed face, she would have been behind Asuka as well now. But, you know, once she turned heel, it was you had to make the right moves to put her in the correct place. And I feel like this is one of them. She's going to be in a upper card feud with us with edge against aj styles you know damian priest in there finn balor involved in there and now this gives extra options for this whole Liv morgan rhea ripley rivalry where it seemed like when she broke up with Liv, we were only just going to get one match and then they move on yeah. they've been able to stretch it a couple weeks they had the brawl backstage they were involved in the six woman tag on on monday night raw last week and now we have potential to do a six person tag if they want to do that or they can get involved in Hell in a Cell. Like I said, with AJ losing twice to Edge, thanks to Damian Priest once and thanks to Rhea Ripley once, this is the feud that makes more sense for Hell in a Cell. Not Seth and, not Seth and Cody right now. We, like you said, you need Seth to kind of red things up and make it personal. But this one feels like a blood feud. They've been feuding ever since you know Edge called out AJ, said he wanted to bring the pit bull and then turned heel on him, beating him down with the concerto. He had him in Damien attack AJ breaking his arm two weeks ago that you got uh, this one with another loss caused by interference it makes sense for these two to have one final match inside Hell in a Cell where Judgment Day can't get involved so that's why this is just a better move for Rhea Ripley and this is all about building her up for a potential big stadium show matchup with Bianca Belair that's the number one person like DJ Duke said she doesn't Bianca doesn't have challenge no, she's got one that they teased during that six-woman tag, and now she seems like she's on a higher level thanks to this heel turn and thanks yeah, to this joining Judgment Day. Yeah, this is this is going to work out great for her. Um, as as long as, and I understand, I understand the concern with this, but I'm not going to hate on something out of the gate. I got to see it unfold first. I'm not immediately going to jump down this and say, "Oh, this is going to suck." I tend to be more optimistic than that. Damian Priest, for the most part, so far. He's been doing Edge's bidding, right? It hasn't really elevated him a whole lot. He's just been standing there. They've been cutting promos. Edge has been the center focus. Over the course of time, that needs to become more Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley and a potential uh, third, uh, fourth member uh, to this team. Because, right, that's that should be the end game of this. Edge is the focus now. But the end game should be focusing on Rhea Ripley, focusing on Damian Priest, building them up to where they are so big, they now eclipse Edge on top of his mountain of omnipotence and they can go out on their own and be bigger stars because this is the kind of group, all, all of WWE's groups are built to, to be broken up, but this is the kind of group that is built to be broken up because they're going to elevate people who are lower than where they should be. Hell, that's the entire build for this group is you have a bunch of people who are lower on the card than where they think they should be and now they want to progress forward. At the time, I thought it made sense for Rhea Ripley to lose to Lib Morgan first, but this actually does Lib Morgan a favor because now Lib Morgan is going to be brought into this without being brought into the group. I wrote about that for Cage Side Seats. I said, look, why don't you take Lib Morgan with her because I, I don't have good feelings about where they're going to go with Lib Morgan after this because even right now, she's still the top four babyface, like the fourth biggest babyface on the Raw brand right now. So her pecking order ain't high. But the fact that she now gets the feud with Rhea Ripley, who's involved with Edge, who's involved with Damian Priest, who's involved with AJ Styles and Finn Balor, give me that six mixed person tag match inside Hell in a Cell. Give me that. 
Let me see a hardcore Lynn Morgan go absolutely bananas on Rhea Ripley, and then you can introduce your fourth member of Judgment Day that cost that team that match. Hell, it could be a double turn. You could add Liv Morgan to the group if you wanted to, and she could turn on Finn Balor and AJ Styles. Wherever no, this is where you want to go. Stop with this double turns and swerves for the sake of swerves. I heard you and Jeremy, and I was disappointed in y'all both for saying, "Oh, Finn Balor should be the one to turn heel." I just, no, that what you you would totally waste the tag match that they've been building that everybody wanted with AJ Styles and Finn Balor teaming up against Age Edge and Dave and priest and it would make zero sense because edge caused finn balor a matchup that just seems like a swerve for swerve's sakes i feel like you guys have been working with redacted too long and been listening to uh vinnie russo a little bit too much like relax relax this made more sense rhea ripley needed this needed to join up with judgment day finn balor can be with aj styles for a little bit for, for at least bit. a little bit better. This works Jeez. better. But again, my thought, because the next day we came back and we talked about this. All right. Did we both get the idea in our head and got so excited at the option of Finn Balor joining Edge and Damian Priest? Did we stop to forget to think about whether or not it made sense? And I would agree in the fact that. And I agree with Jeremy, by the way, because we both came to the same consensus of no, because it fits the same exact story arc as Rhea Ripley, as Damian Priest of. My booking sucks. I should be better than where I'm at. That is still the basic storyline. Story. That's it not the story. That's exactly that what Edge's booking, first promo was when they story. got together. No, it's it was it was that Damian Priest wasn't on Wrestle wasn't on WrestleMania and whatnot. Finn Balor was the United States champion. He was and wasn't on the show at all. He, he was successful. He got beat though. three times he, that week. He was successful though. That's a United States championship. He's the person that led to Damian Priest joining up with Judgment Day because he beat Priest for the United States Championship. With Rhea Ripley, I hope they come up with a different story than, than what they did with Priest. Everyone needs their own specific path to joining up that's with fair. Judgment Day, and it shouldn't just all be the same thing. That's 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 totally fair. I still wouldn't mind seeing... I'm, like, I'm not going to be mad. If Finn Balor turns his back and just Styles, I'm not going to be mad. But, like, okay, so you've now done... Again, my whole mindset changed, right? Now that I've seen it, I can admit when I'm wrong. I didn't want it to be Rhea Ripley because I wanted that match with Liv Morgan to happen beforehand and have that kind of be the catalyst for her to join. But this sets it up better for Liv Morgan in the long run. So again, just because it wasn't Finn Balor this week doesn't mean it's not going to be Finn Balor down the road. And yeah, maybe we get this six-person tag mixed tag match at inside Hell in a Cell and all is great. I'm not always right about everything, SP3. I can change my mind. I can objectively admit when I was wrong, and I was wrong in this situation. And guess what? I will be wrong again. We'll see. You do, you do that a lot consistently. What? Be wrong. Oh, well, that's my job. <laughs> Dude, Don't worry. I, Don't we're talking worry. about professional wrestling. Dude, am I any more inaccurate at my job than somebody like Mel Kuyper who puts out a mock draft every year? How many of those damn picks does he get right? You got me there. It's 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 the there. journey along the way, man. It's the journey along the way. Let's just all be wrong together. No, I'm usually right, ladies and gentlemen, because I wear eh. my Vince hat. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> I agree with Joshua. I think Rhea is going to be the one that ends up beating Bianca, whether it's at SummerSlam or whether it's at, again, that big UK. You have a chance here. You could do uh, Rhea Ripley, and yeah, I know she's Australian, but still. 
overseas in the UK tour beating uh, or even retaining over Bianca. I think this is the direction that you got to go. She was the first ever NXT UK Women's Champion. So yes. regardless of where she's from, she has a history in the UK. Yeah, and I think you have you don't have a lot of options for Bianca unfortunately for for this run because you're you're heel heavy. You're you're or excuse me. Cuz Bianca no, sorry, you're babyface heavy. You're really babyface heavy over on SmackDown and on Raw right now. So yeah, let's let's kind of balance out the sheets here a little bit. We think baby's uh, Bailey's going to return as a babyface. I think that would be the smart play. Oscar is a babyface right now. I think I think Bailey's going to return as a heel, but she's going to be cheered like a babyface. Oh, so the one that they actually should change upon the return, they they won't actually they won't, they won't actually uh, pull the trigger. You yeah. you you hey hey with, with, with Becky Lynch, <laughs> the smart money was bringing her back as a babyface, and they decided to turn her heel. So I'm totally convinced. Bailey's coming back as a heel. Well, I said the same thing about Ronda and bringing her back as heel, and that was a safe bet, and she continues to get cheered out of the building. So we're right on one. We're wrong on the other. People want to see Bailey back, though. So we're going to be excited to see her back. So she's going to get cheered initially. But still, you're babyface heavy between Alexa. Like I said, Liv Morgan's, and I know Cody Rhodes says that this term is used incorrectly, but Liv Morgan is still over with the fans. She still gets cheered every week. She's not massively over. She's not stone cold over, but... She still gets her cheers, but she's still fourth or fifth on the depth chart, and she's only going to fall back once Bailey and Alexa Bliss show up. You are you have way too much talent on the babyface side of things for Bianca to have a sustained long run. Like, really, who's she supposed to fight? Sonya Deville, Becky Lynch again? She's dropping that title sooner rather than later, or she's turning heel herself. We'll see which one happens. I think she should have a year-long run after that cut cut her <laughs> first range short. No, they because here's the thing. If this if this judgment day faction is going to work, the booking has to be there. It absolutely has to be there. Rhea Ripley needs to be Raw Women's Champion. You neither need to add a, a fourth person, so Damian Priest and whomever can win the tag titles, or Edge and Damian Priest need to win the tag titles. Somebody needs to win a world championship out of this group. It the the booking needs to be there, and everybody needs to be featured in a positive way. But yes, this should be good for Rhea Ripley uh, moving forward. And real quick, uh, wrapping up, because I know Sid has to get to his other job. We did have a big return this weekend in Kentucky. Impact Wrestling, Mia Yim. Mia Yim is back in a wrestling company, back in a wrestling ring. She has signed a short deal uh, with Impact Wrestling, six months, according to Sean Rossap of uh, uh, Fightful.com. Good landing spot for her, Sid. Very good landing spot for her. I, if I had to, if you would ask me, what was the one brand, one television show that has the best women's division? I would say Raw is up there. SmackDown, like we said, we they have a couple of issues. NXT probably uses the most. They don't use them all effectively, though. If you talk about just using effectively, using a lot of women, and just the booking overall. It's Impact Wrestling. The Impact Wrestling knockouts division has consistently been used as one of the best divisions in the whole entire company. And over the last two years, they have really put a spotlight on it with the, you know, the run of Deanna Perrazzo as the Impact or World Impact Knockouts World Champion. Mickey James coming in and coming back and winning the title. And even Tasha Steeles now as the Impact Knockouts Champion and their use of other titles like the ROH Women's Championship and the Reina de Reyes Triple 
NCAA championship. They use all these titles well. They have the knockouts tag team division. So adding someone like Mia Yim is just an extra boost where you want to see multiple different matchups that they can do there. They can do Mia Yim versus Tasha Steeles. You could do Mia Yim versus Tayo Valkyrie. You could do Mia Yim versus Deanna Perrazzo, which it seems like they're going in that route with how she made her debut at Under Siege. They had three women's matches on the Under Siege card, and all of them were different in their own way. I feel like this is the best landing spot for her. AEW, they are using more women, but not always using them the right way. With WWE, we've seen how they treated her during her run there, and everywhere else doesn't have the right type of platform to provide that for her. I think Impact Wrestling is the best landing spot for Mia Yim, and I'm wishing her the best of luck, and I hope this short-term deal gets an extension because I would love to see her there long-term regain the Knockouts Championship. I think this is all about kind of Mia reproving her worth, I think, a little bit because she hasn't been used. She's barely wrestled. Even when she was on the main roster, how many matches did she wrestle in WWE? Not many, maybe less than five. When she, since being called up to the main roster, because remember at the time when, when retribution first debuted, that was Mia Yim and Mercedes Martinez and Mercedes Martinez smartly was like, get me off of this damn thing. Keep me in NXT. And that worked out fairly decently for her, but she ultimately ended up being released from the company. Same as her, but she, now she's the ring of honor women's champion. So this is all about Mia Yim kind of reproving her worth i think it was very smart for her to sign a uh a, a short-term deal whatever the monetary value is by the time that this six months is up she's increased her worth right that's exactly what this needs to be she needs to go out there prove who she is remind people who the hell she is impact is a great way to do that because again as you said they properly utilize all most of their women's division she's going to be on tv she's going to be putting on matches so this is a a great spot for her to, to do that again and and not by her own doing but be relevant again because thanks to wwe she hasn't been in quite some time so this is a good chance for her to show her talent show what she can do get her dollars up right and then earn herself a longer term deal that's be a little bit more lucrative for her whether that be an impact whether that be an aew or whether wwe kind of realizes oh shit we had her maybe we should bring her back but who knows how that'll go but no this is an absolute this is a great landing spot for her and yes absolutely do uh wish her uh all the best and uh yeah uh very happy for mia i think she'll do great and impact says josh uh impact division is absolutely loaded here's the thing guys most of the women's divisions out there are loaded the talent is spectacular which is why i'm rooting uh for companies like wow and while I, I'm, I'm rooting for a women's wrestling army because there's so much talent out there and there just isn't enough TV time to feature all these ladies. So as much opportunity as there is out there, I'm rooting for you sincerely. Uh, we do appreciate you guys joining us here on this special live edition of the believe in pro wrestling podcast. Thank you so much. Make sure to hammer that subscribe button while you're there. Earn an opportunity to win money in the bank tickets, by the way, check out my pin tweet. It's all right there. I feel like there should be more love on that pin tweet than we're getting. We're giving away free tickets to money in the bank in Vegas for crying out loud. We got West Coast listeners, right? You're within driving distance. Retweet that some bitch. Sid and I'll be back at our regular time slot tomorrow, 7 a.m. to break down everything that's going on on Monday Night Raw. Looking forward to it. Thank you, guys. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.